Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As a true football fan, you already know every weekend our favorite Gridiron Warriors put their skills to the test. So why aren't you doing the same? MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They also have all the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. We're on Earth, in case you guys didn't know. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, like Caleb the Greek, pick your locks for the week. Put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come together, the rewards will be huge. They will be huge. Take it from the Greek. Best part is, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. You don't have to be Wolfgang Amadeus Einstein to know this is a smart move. Use the promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And possibly laid. Well, Colin, two more games and we've gotten through this god-awful season. Can't wait. Can't wait for it to be over or can't wait for the game? No, I can't wait for it to be over. (laughs) We're playing Tennessee this week, and do you think we have any chance of winning? I mean, we looked at this game as a win early on. Well, I mean, there's a chance we could win. I wouldn't say that about a lot of teams will play on our schedule, but there's a chance we could beat Tennessee. Yeah. I wouldn't predict it, but I think there's a chance we could win because they're a bad team. They're they're an improving team, but they're still a bad team. The problem that I see, the one that scares me, is that they've been getting better each week. And, of course, we've been getting worse each week, which is a, a bad direction for, for us. Yeah, that's the point. Like I said, they're getting better. We're getting worse. There's a there's a cross-section. There's a graph that we're about to hit in the middle of, I'm afraid. I think we're getting to the point in the season where it, whether we win this game or whether we beat Arkansas, none of that really matters. The question is, will Barry Odom be the coach at the end of the year or into next season? And... What do you think these last two games? Can he save his job or can he lose his job in these last two games? Or do you think it's already decided somewhere? Well, I think he could lose his job, certainly. I think they want to keep him. That's my opinion. Stirk wants to give him a chance to clean house yet again and you know, get rid of Dooley and give him one last shot at this. That's what I think will happen. If he gets absolutely trounced by Tennessee and then loses to Arkansas, I could see him losing his job. It would be hard to defend. Arkansas Arkansas is so bad right now. I mean, so bad. If you lose to Arkansas, that's probably a fireable offense. Yeah. In and of itself. Yeah, and and plus it would cap off a six-game losing streak. Absolutely. But I mean, I don't know. Everybody seems to think Sturk is slow to pull the trigger. That's what everybody thinks. Jim Sturk has not really showed us anything yet. He really hasn't been our athletic director long enough to really know just exactly how he feels. I mean, I do think he's not going to fire anybody mid-season, obviously, but I don't know. I mean, I think there are factors in this that we just aren't allowed to see. You know, how much money are we losing? How much, where's the re- what's the revenue at? You know, where's the uh, recruiting stand? I mean, there, Tim Stewart gets information that we don't. He 
he's, he's having meetings with people, and they may go, man, I'm telling you, Mr. Stearns, the fucking recruiting is in the fucking shitter. You know, you're never going to get that in the newspaper, but Jim Stearns may get to hear that. He may get to hear revenues are down 23%. You know what I mean? Like, who knows how bad it is internally? Well, my, you know, my thought is that, you know, revenues may be up because most of this losing has happened on the road. And then the one game we had at home was against Florida in the midst of all this. And we had a surprisingly strong attendance for that game. So I would not be surprised if the attendance really this season hadn't been impacted by this wheels falling off the train here because most of that was road stuff. You know, I mean, we'll find out this weekend whether anybody goes up to see Tennessee. I'm not saying the, the revenue is either up or down. I'm just saying it's a for instance of information that we are not going to have. All we've got to go on is the product of the field, which is garbage. Fucking terrible, terrible piece of shit garbage. Awful, disgusting, reprehensible fucking garbage. That's all we have. <laughs> so I'm just saying Stirk has got additional information that we may not be privy to. Well, we'll all have additional information once this game is complete. We'll also know a lot more at the end of the Arkansas game. And then at some point, theoretically, we're going to find out what the fucking NCAA is going to do with us because it's unbelievable that 10 weeks into this season, we or 10 games into this season, we still don't know. Yeah, well, you're speaking of reprehensible garbage. <laughs> NCAA? NCAA in a nutshell. I think it's actually the uh, tagline underneath their logo. Yeah, reprehensible. NCAA, reprehensible garbage. <laughs> you might be right. Well, let's get on to the show because we've got a lot of guests this week. We've got uh, Blake Topmeyer from the Knoxville News Sentinel. He was nice enough to join us again this year to talk about. Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he was with the Tribune and he's been with the Knoxville News Sentinel. Former press box super friend. <laughs> yeah, but kind to us. But he's going to talk about the volunteers and the state that they're in, which is interesting because of what a weird season they've had. And then uh, Caleb Greek, obviously, he's going to make his picks. And then, Colin, I uh, I interviewed Andrew Snively, the uh, airman from Utah, who uh, came out to the football game in Florida due to our fundraising drive. And he uh, was gonna, just wanted to come on and thank the fans and tell them about his experience at the football game last weekend. Terrific. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to it now, and I'll see you back on the other end. M-I-Z. you. That's right. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Tigers trying to turn up the tempo on second and five with a 40. Ryan with the time. The pass. It is And a touchdown. And off to Roundtree running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the man. This is the Mazzotcast. On the line with us again this year, Blake Topmeyer from the Knoxville News Sentinel. He covers this Tennessee Volunteers team that Mizzou is going to be up against at home this weekend. Thanks for joining us, Blake. Yeah, absolutely, Brendan. Thanks for having me on. Every year, Missouri, Tennessee, it seems like something weird is going on, and this is no different. Tennessee has uh, sort of rebounded from a horrific start, and Missouri has uh, is now circling the drain with a horrific end. And these two teams are meeting now with like two weeks left in the season, and I don't know what to make of any of it. Yeah, certainly two teams that have more of the interesting storylines in the SEC this year. I mean, with Tennessee... I think they were the biggest train wreck through two weeks, unquestionably, of, of any team in the SEC with a home loss to Georgia State and then another home loss to BYU. But, you know, they've, they've changed their narrative with the four wins in the last five games. And then Missouri, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think they were looked at 
by a lot of people, myself included, as kind of a dark horse contender in the SEC East, or at least a team that could finish like second in the East, and uh, just inexplicably has cratered here in these last four games. Jeremy Pruitt with Tennessee, he has righted the ship, and I know there was a lot of uh, hair pulling and gnashing of teeth in Knoxville regarding his tenure there. Has he sort of recovered his reputation in Knoxville, the way things have, have rebounded a little bit, the way season's gone along? Yeah, no question. I mean, this was a guy that, uh, after a one and four start this season and, and a five and seven mark in his first year, I don't know that Pruitt was ever on the hot seat. I mean, he was on the hot seat, hot seat list, but he was definitely on the warm seat, like trending toward the hot seat with that one and four start, particularly that loss to Georgia State. I mean, that, that just got people really riled up in the season opener. And that's something that can't happen to Tennessee or really any SEC program is, is losing in your season opener to Georgia State. But I think even for a guy who is... Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. At one and four in year two, he enjoyed pretty good support from the administration and, and from certain relevant donors to this program. I think he still had the support of them and, and sort of the cautious belief that he was going to get it going. Now, if the season continued to, to go south and drastic ways, then yeah, I think we probably wouldn't have seen Pruitt back in 2020. But I think all along, there was the thought from the administration that they were going to give him every chance and that they hoped he, he would turn this around in 2020 or in this year to be back in 2020. Cause I really don't think there was a, any desire, uh, to move on from Jeremy Pruitt in the way that we've seen, uh, you know, and, and with Willie Taggart and Chad Morris at, at uh, Florida State and Arkansas. Tennessee has been through its coaches and it's yet to find the success it had in the late nineties. And I wonder if, uh, you know, that people are willing to give someone more than just a year and a half or two years in Knoxville because nothing has worked to this point. And if you just start getting rid of people after a year of not doing well, then the, the chances you've ever rebounding to the glory years are, are, are little or none. So I, I just wonder if he's benefiting from, you know, past mistakes, you know, just <laughs> getting rid of guys that aren't working. And, uh, you know. I, yeah, I, I think that's part of it. Uh, Brendan, I, I think that really gives him a little bit. I, I think there's three things. Uh, one, I think Tennessee remembers its past and, and looks at some of these coaching changes and say, okay, well, well that didn't work Two, the dislike for Butch Jones is still so strong in and around East Tennessee that I think that has helped Pruitt enjoy a little bit longer of a honeymoon period. Cause usually by like year two, fan bases and, and the administration's kind of past blaming the previous coach. Mm-hmm. But 
that wasn't really the case around here this year. There were, there was still a fair bit of butch blaming, uh, going on, uh, this season. And, and so I think he enjoyed that. Uh, and then three, Pruitt's in a good situation in that the AD who hired him is still his boss. You know, sometimes when these coaches early in their tenures start working for a different AD than the guy that hired him, that's, that's not a good thing. Uh, but Philip Fulmer is the guy that hired Jeremy Pruitt. And so I think it would be a bad look on Philip Fulmer. And Fulmer knows that, uh, if he would have to move on from Pruitt and, and kind of admit failure after two seasons. So I, I think he really enjoyed uh, a pretty good leash from Philip Fulmer to get this thing right because Fulmer wants to look good at the end of this too. You've been someone who uniquely has covered both of these programs and know a little bit about each. And when I hear you describing the situation at Tennessee, Butch Jones and Jeremy Pruitt, I can't help but think of the situation that Barry Odom is in now. I mean, you had a coach who used to carry around trash cans on the sideline to one that sets fire to trash cans <laughs> two years ago. Barry is in a position where he, he got rid of his defensive coordinator and DeMonte Cross a couple years ago when the defense looked so bad. The offense looks terrible now. Nobody seems to know why. Derek Dooley, another Tennessee connection. I don't know if Derek Dooley's on the hot seat or Barry Odom's on the hot seat. or We don't have any answers to what's going on in Mizzou. I mean, it looks like this, somebody flipped a switch and we just weren't good anymore. I guess my question is, A, do you think Derek Dooley really, really wants to win games against Tennessee because of his past and we'll pull out all the stops? B, do you think Barry Odom is in a position to survive this year from what you know? And and C, do you think it's a locker room problem from what you've seen? Or do you think there's a, a scheme problem or a personnel problem? What are your thoughts about what's happened to Missouri? You know, with Dooley, I'm sure that's some motivation. I think we're all motivated by our past a little bit. Um, but he... You know, if Butch Jones ever got in a situation where he got to face Tennessee again, I mean, I think that would be the Super Bowl for Butch mm-hmm. um, because of, of the way things ended here and how disliked uh, Butch was at the end of his tenure. But, you know, with Dooley, as time has passed, you talk to Tennessee fans and they don't really have any animosity toward Derek Dooley. I, I think they see it as like, well, you know, they tried it, didn't work, seems like an all right guy, wish him well, whatever. And, and I sort of get that sense coming back the other way from, you know, when I hear Dooley talk about his time at Tennessee. And so I'm sure it's somewhat of a motivator, but I, I don't think it's as much as it would be for uh, for some other people whose, whose tenure went differently. Not that Derek's was a success, but I just, I don't think he elicited the same amount of vitriol as, as what uh, Butch Jones did. And then uh, as, as far as Odom, you know, it's a curious thing because I think Missouri is the biggest underachiever in the SEC this season. And based on the talent they have, based on the expectations compared to what has happened, I think Missouri at five and five is the biggest underachiever in the SEC. Um, so from that notion, if you're Barry Odom, you shouldn't feel particularly good, I don't think. On the other hand, I think it's probably smart for Jim Sturk to not really say anything right now. I mean, you've got, you know, Will Muschamp, is, he's got the statement that he's going to be back this year from or next season from his athletic director, Malcolm Turner at, at Vanderbilt, you know, this week put out a statement that, that Derek Mason will be back. But, you know, for Jim Sterk, I, I think it's probably best to take this wait and see approach because if Missouri finishes with, with losses to Tennessee and Arkansas, you know, then they close on a six game losing streak. And I'm not sure how you could bring Barry Odom back at that point. On the other hand, if Missouri finishes with back to back wins here and, and goes seven and five, I'm not sure that Missouri is the type of school that fires a coach after three straight winning seasons. And, and there's no way to spin this season for Missouri at seven and five as a success. It, it wouldn't be. It would be a failure. It'd be a failed season, uh, in what could have been a really good year for Missouri. 
That said, though, I just don't think Missouri's the type of program that's going to fire a coach after three straight winning seasons. So I think, you know, I mean, Barry Odom's tenure, and then this is, you know, from the outside looking in, not covering Missouri anymore, but from the outside looking in, I think it'd be realistic to say that Barry Odom's tenure could hang in the balance between uh, what happens these these next two games. You know, I think you're right in that uh, it would be three straight winning seasons, you know, depending on the NCAA thing, which is still lingering out there. We don't know if there's a bowl possibility or not. But should that happen, should they go seven and five? I think from a fan perspective, it's hard to swallow because even though, like you said, it would be three straight winning seasons, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. You know what I mean? Like it, it wouldn't take away from the big losing streak or the expectations and a soft schedule and all that from this season, but also, you know, in years past where he was had lost four or five games in a row and then rebounded with five wins in a row to, to vault their record into respectability. And every year it seems to be the case with Missouri that they lose a game like Wyoming to start the season and then, you know, rebound. But this year there hasn't been the rebound yet anyway. And even if there were, I think fans, <laughs> they, they're, they're skeptical of the way the wins have come rather than the record itself at this point. I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I mean, we get calls on this program and at this point in the season, it's almost all like, get rid of Barry, get rid of Barry. But I know the, the fans don't make that call, but over time, I think the fan attitude does infect the decision making but i don't know i just it doesn't feel like three winning seasons as a missouri fan you know what i mean yeah and and i'm sure even at seven and five there's going to be a decent chunk of the missouri fan base that is going to be ready to move on and and that's fans right i mean i think nine times out of ten uh fan bases are ready to move move on and and pull the band-aid off and restart with coaches faster than the administration is because the administration, you know, fans sometimes live in this fantasy world of like, uh, okay, well, Missouri will, will fire Barry Odom and they'll have Bob Stoops in right. 2020 and they'll win a <laughs> national championship in 2021. And then, um, you know, by the time Stoops is, retires, they'll have uh, Dabo Sweeney lined up as the coach in sure. waiting because uh, he's got a long-standing desire. He's on record wanting to coach Missouri, right? Oh, right, sure. Missouri. Yeah, this all makes good sense. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think there's kind of this fantasy world of, of just like, well, fire Barry and, you know, be, be, everything will be fine. They'll, they'll get a great coach. And, and, and administrators on the other side of that got to think like, okay, if you fire Barry, who are you going to hire? Mm-hmm. Um, and the last time around, obviously dif- different circumstances because Missouri was coming off um, the racial unrest on campus. But, you know, the last time around, Barry Odom got the job mostly because hardly anybody else wanted it. Yeah. Um, and, and the situations are different, but, you know, I think that's got to linger too. And, and that's not to say that they should just stick with Barry Odom for eternity because uh, you can't find someone to coach Missouri. I think you, you could uh, do that. But I, I do think that's kind of the two sides of the, the fence there of, of a guy that, uh, maybe has underachieved, not maybe, has underachieved at times. But uh, if they do get three straight winning seasons, I, I think the administration, you know, their stance is probably going to be like, well, you know, do you dance with the devil you know there? Or do you run the risk of, of potentially, you know, bringing someone in that, that could make this thing worse? Whereas fans, I think maybe to their credit, are always optimistic and, and thinking, well, things are always going to get better around the corner mm-hmm. and, and don't think maybe about some of those other possibilities. So uh, what are your thoughts about this game and what you've seen from Tennessee in their direction versus Missouri's really lack of an offense at this point? Uh, 
interestingly, Missouri came out as a five point favorite. I see that's dropped to four. That's a, just a real head scratcher for us. And we don't see that Missouri can beat even Arkansas, much less Tennessee. What are your thoughts about how this game's going to turn out? Yeah, I think I would expect probably a low-scoring game, right? I mean, both teams uh, lately have certainly been better on the defensive side of the ball than on offense. And, and Tennessee's shown that it's comfortable um, winning some of those those low-scoring games, wins against uh, Mississippi State and Kentucky come to mind. Uh, where during this, this streak of, of pretty solid play from Tennessee, they've gotten themselves into low-scoring games and been able to pull it out. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like Tennessee's chances. And it's really odd because coming into the season – I would have said there's three games that Tennessee is not going to win barring some sort of small miracle um, in Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. And then I would have said there's a fourth game that Tennessee is very unlikely to win, and and I would have said that was the Missouri game. Uh, I mean, I kind of came into this season thinking that Tennessee starts the year with basically four losses to Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and Missouri, and their season, whether successful or not, is going to be determined by what happens in the other eight games. And I've changed on that. I, and Missouri's not the team that we thought they were going to be. And and uh, I think at this juncture, it's it's hard to argue that Tennessee isn't the better team right now. I think if both teams like play to their peak ability, Missouri's probably still got a better team. But we haven't seen that from Missouri in, in a month plus. So I don't really know that I have any reason to think that that's, that's going to change on Saturday. Now, for whatever reason, Missouri's been a terrible matchup for Tennessee the past couple of years. Uh, I think Tennessee's better than they were either of those two seasons, though. And uh, Drew Locke's not, not uh, leading that offense anymore either. So, uh, you know, part of the reason why Missouri was such a tough matchup for Tennessee uh, no longer exists. Blake Topmeyer covers the Tennessee Volunteers at the Knoxville News Sentinel. And uh, thank you so much again for being on the show and telling us about this game. We're not really looking forward to it. We were, we were getting accustomed to those 50 to 17 victories. Um, I think that streak might end. Yeah, understood. I'm not sure it's a, a marquee game on anybody's schedule. But uh, <laughs> this week, anyway, with all the FCS games, it might be one of the more interesting games uh, on, in, on the SEC slate nonetheless. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, Brandon. Hey guys, we have a new sponsor. Who is it? Well, they're called Manscaped. And oh, I know I know this product. Yeah, they sent us some stuff, didn't they? Yeah, we shaved our sweet salty balls with them. I'll tell you what, they have good stuff. I shaved and I found a tattoo I forgot I even had. <laughs> They're the number one men's below-the-belt grooming company in America. My balls are so soft. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the governing body who decides this, by the way? I don't know, but I I believe what they're telling me. Manscaped has redesigned its electric trimmer. It's called the Lawnmower 2, and it has proprietary skin-safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's a zero-turn mower. It gets the job done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's scrote-safe. That's guaranteed. But I can't tell you how many lacerations my ball sack used to have before we got Manscaped. Well, you shouldn't have been using that bullwhip, Colin. (laughs) (laughs) Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. In my defense, it was a rusty lawnmower blade. But either way, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Don't use the same trimmer on your face as you use on your balls. Best day one stuff. Act now and you can get 20% off and free shipping. Just use the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the right job. Your balls will thank you. There's an old boy down in Tennessee. Big dreams between his ears gonna watch his boys play ball today over 17 18 bears 
got an ashtray full of GPC. He's got stained up fingertips. But fellas like old Jimmy here is the best they got to give. It's a great butt plug of Dixieland. Same damn song by the same old band. Halfwit checkered overalls. Tennessee can lick my balls. Well, the boys just got the brains kicked in that gum that forward pass. So we found some kid on a message board gonna threaten to whoop his kid ass. But it's all downhill from Jimmy here, that short-term memory loss. By Monday, he's the most trouble-free fella that you run across. It's a great butt plug of Dixieland, same damn song by the same old band. Thick can't swig in melon balls, Tennessee can lick my balls. There's a tooth in his head for every witness gonna get on Saturday. There's a whisker on his chin for every poor star kid that they're gonna have to pay. It's a great butt plug of Dixieland. Same damn song by the same old band. Burned out muffler mating calls. Tennessee can lick my balls. Knoxville, lick my ball. Dollar tablecloth, look at end zone, lick my ball. Smokey the blue tick hound, lick my ball. Tennessee can lick my ball. And now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Kill of the Greek, pick of the week. When you see that Vegas line, you want to make your wallet fat. All the boys and girls alike, they want to get them some of that. It's the bearded lady pleaser, it's the best picks of the week. All you sons of bitches get rich with the man. Can't love the Greek, can't love the Greek. Can't love the Greek, can't love the Greek. Caleb, how are you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing good. I'm going to get a, you know, whole weekend and a couple days full of deer meat and beer. You know? <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't get any better than that. Well, we said you couldn't make the show last weekend because you were uh, wearing your monocle and top hat in your country fancy country club meeting. You always wear your tuxedo, too. Yeah. Well, I, I did have a country club meeting uh, this week, too. We have those, but, I mean, my country club is really country. Uh, I'll say that. <laughs> no shoes, no shirt, no problem. It's dollar bush lights during those meetings, folks. Come on out. Anybody can come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should get a promo code and put it out on the podcast. Yeah, we can do that. If they get internet out of your country club. We have the internet. Uh, we do have a dude that drives around with a goat in his car, too. Mm-hmm. We've got everything. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, before we get into your picks this week, I did want to congratulate you. We didn't do your segment. We didn't do a midweek show last week. But the week before, I feel like you had your home run pick of the year, which was you picked Appalachian State over South Carolina. And that fucking worked. I did. I actually that week I had a pretty good week. It wasn't too bad. You know, Appalachian State worked South Carolina. They did. People made some good money on on a couple of those bets. They were just easy. That was the same week Florida and Missouri was out there at what seven or eight. Yeah. Missouri couldn't even score eight. 
People should have made shit tons of money. It was obviously there. Caleb, I feel like the over-under on the Missouri-Florida game was easy pickings, too, because Missouri's got a good defense and they can't score points. Take the under. Yeah, yeah. There are several teams out there. Like, Arizona State is the same way. If you see Arizona State out there and the over-under is high, you go under. You're going you're gonna to take that much. All right. So that's, that's just some free advice, but you've got some picks for us for uh, week 12 here, huh? I do. I get some picks all over the place picked there. All right, let's hear it. All right, first one up. Oklahoma State, seven-point favorite at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Oklahoma State to cover those seven points there. I think that's good. There, Yeah, I've kind of paid attention to the Big 12 a little bit, and uh, West Virginia is not so great, and Oklahoma State's okay, but they, uh, they did have Kansas step on the head of one of their players, so I don't know if that's going to affect the outcome. Uh, he'll be all right. They're just dumb football players. <laughs> that's true. It'll be all right. All right, so I've got a Kansas coin here. Uh, it's going to take Oklahoma State as heads, West Virginia as tails. The coin thinks Oklahoma State will cover as well. Well, that coin's been going against me, and I think he's finally learned that I don't fuck up that often. <laughs> I feel like you're coming out strong for the second half of the season. I'm getting, I'm getting cocky. I really wasn't that good in the first half. So. It was just an open. So we're going to go on an over-under pick on the next game. We're going Georgia and Texas A&M. The over-under line is 44 and a half, and I believe it will go over. I don't I don't just believe it. I think it's a lock to go over. <laughs> is it your lock of the week? Lock of the week, over 44 and a half, Georgia, Texas A&M. Lock of the week. All right. Well, they are two point scoring teams, and you know I, I think Georgia's got the better defense, but I, I that's a pretty low over under. Yeah, I mean that's a couple teams scoring twenty three points you know, a piece. That's not hard to do in college football. Good point. Okay, so we're gonna have the coin take the over as heads, under as tails. The coin thinks under. <laughs> Well, you know, Jake Fromm is uh, Jekyll and Hyde. We'll see. Who's it going to be? Okay, back to the Big 12. We have Texas visiting the Baylor Bears. Undefeated Baylor, is that right? No, 9-1 now. Baylor got beat by Oklahoma by two last week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, knocked them off. So we do still have Baylor at a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to take Baylor to cover that. I think they're the better team. And I also will always pick against Tom Herman because he's a grown-ass crybaby man. And fuck him. Throw them horns down all day long, Baylor, and run touchdowns in. I like this pick. I think that Baylor's pretty damn good. And uh, even though people want to say Texas is back, they've proven time and again they're not. Most notably by Kansas competing with them. So uh, Texas will be heads. Baylor will be tails. The coin thinks... Texas. So you are in disagreement again. You know, what one of these sports books needs to do, and my bookie, you know, you could try this, is every year at the beginning of the year, they should have a bet that just says, is Texas back? Yes <laughs> or no? And put a line on it. And the same thing with like USC and Tennessee, mm-hmm. teams like that. And then put a line on it, you know, that'd be great. People would bet on you know, all kinds of bets on that shit. For the last 13 years in a row, you could have bet no on Texas and won. 
<laughs> it has been over a decade. They suck. Fuck the Longhorns. Tennessee too, but think about that, my bookie. Is Texas back? Yes or no? Set a line. <laughs> they listen. They listen. Yeah, money line on that. Okay, moving on. There's one of my games that you like when I do. We got Memphis playing the University of South Florida this weekend. All right, yeah. Memphis is good. Memphis is a good team. I don't know anything about the University of South Florida this year, except, you know, I think that the Bulls and Lane Kiffin possibly is there. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Go Owls. I didn't even look into this. I just know that Memphis is good. They're 14 and a half point favorite. They're going to win by 27. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, this is a no-name school. and Pardon me, South, whatever they are. Memphis is good. Memphis is, like, legit good. They're going to clobber them. Memphis is going to beat a real team in a bowl. That's what's going to happen. Absolutely. Right. 100% agree. And we're going to say, yeah. why didn't we get that Memphis coach instead of Barry Odom? Yeah. The coin is going to say Memphis is heads and South whoever. Who is it? Uh, University of South Florida. South Florida's tails. The coin thinks... It's not completely impractical. It also thinks Memphis is going to win. Yeah, well, good. We, we've got a couple against, a couple for. The coin's trying to play that 50-50 game and look all right. Well, why don't I try to break the tie with you two? And I think the game of the week in college football lies outside of the SEC, but it's actually a Big Ten matchup between two top ten opponents, Ohio State versus Penn State. I saw Ohio State. You'd think of two top ten teams it would be close. I think it's an 18-point spread. The Buckeyes are favored over Penn State. What say you, Caleb, on this one? I say Ohio State covered. I think they cover they cover in the 20s, 21, 23 points, something like that. Ohio State is a is maybe the best football team in the country, with all due respect to LSU. They're fucking good, real good. Do you believe that Penn State isn't is this more a product of their schedule, or do you think Ohio State's just that? I think the big I think I think a lot of the Big Ten sucks. It's overrated, and Penn State benefits from that a lot too. They're a decent team, but they're nowhere on the on the level of what the, they're setting up there at Ohio State. All right. Well, let's see. The coin is going to take Ohio State's heads, Penn State as tails, and the coin likes. Penn State. So we're three to two difference over uh, the same with the coin, which I always like whenever you guys don't agree. So uh, Penn State, yeah. if you're a fan of the coin, pick Penn State. If you're a fan of Caleb, pick Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, I'd really like to see an Ohio State LSU national championship game because I believe there would be a possibility of each team scoring in the 60s. That would be a good game, and I think there's a good chance we will see that game. Yeah, I, I very much hope that happens. I'm sorry I missed out on the uh, on the podcast the other day. I just want to say what an idiot Nick Saban is for leaping into a up 35-7 to 7 also. Let me just throw that in there. Way to fuck up everything. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you could have thrown him in as a candidate for Deuce of the Week. Hey, did, did, yeah, did you, uh, did you see the money line on the game for Alabama this week? Uh-uh. I mean, they're playing like, you know, the Presbyterian poor kids college or something, you know, like orphans. But the money Money line on, on Alabama is negative nine 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 nine
If you bet one hundred, if you bet one hundred dollars on these orphan kids, you will win two hundred thousand dollars if they do win. Or if you bet one hundred thousand dollars on Alabama, you'll win a dollar. You'll win a dollar. Yes, right. <laughs> it's it's the most unbelievable line I've ever seen. Alabama starting a backup quarterback, and the the uh, line is Alabama minus sixty four. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> take that take that just for funsies, you know what I mean? Just throw a dollar on it. Well, I almost think that with a backup quarterback and this and that, that they may not win by more than 64. Like, they'll just call it off. Yeah. I looked up this team, and I can't remember it now, but it only shows they played one other football game this year. So I don't know who they're playing or why they're playing them, but uh, they must be bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we'll let you go, Caleb. We'll talk to you again after the telling Missouri-Tennessee game, which could be the harbinger of whether Barry Odom is head coach or not next year. So uh, that should be a good episode this weekend. Yeah, I hope they leave uh, the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. <laughs> Same. All right, Caleb. Have a good one. See ya. This has been Caleb the Green Pick of the Week. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Seems like it was only yesterday. (laughs) Do you want to increase your performance and get extra confidence in the bedroom? I know that I do. Need anything I can get? I do not have a large penis. No, it's sad. We share the same genetics. We've been shortchanged. Yeah, it was not. Well, I've got news for you and for all of our listeners. Good news. And that is BlueChew.com. That's right, BlueChew.com. Mmm, sounds like dog medicine. It's not dog medicine. It's dong pills. So what you're saying is we're now one of those podcasts sponsored by dong pills. You better believe it. Great, yes. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with an FDA-approved. This is not pseudoscience bullshit. My dick will be the judge of that. <laughs> BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. So if you conceivably want to drive a 16-pinning nail through a 2x4 with your cock, Blue Chew is for you. What if you want an erection so hard that a cat couldn't scratch it? Well, then Blue Chew is for you. What if you want your erection to be so hard it's like a diamond in an ice storm in Greenland? <laughs> well, Blue Chew is for you. Fair enough. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or empty. And since they are chewable, they work twice as fast as the other pills. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. <laughs> <laughs> I see what they did there, Blue yeah, Chew. Yeah. Well, what if you have no teeth, Colin? Well, <laughs> bad question, dickhead. <laughs> All right, so right now we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Armchair. Just pay five dollars shipping. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. That's right. Dong pills. <laughs> Dong pills. <laughs> I seen rocky mountains and great lakes. I stood beneath a redwood tree. But wherever I go, my heart aches for a place called. Tennessee Oh Come with me Where the whiskey flows like wine And the meth labs are divine Oh I 
Where the sweet tobacco grows And it's picked by poor Negroes in Tennessee Well, it's a place where dueling banjos play And the mountain folk run free Where all the children can spell KKK But cannot spell Tennessee Every cheek is filled with chew And no one's ever seen a chew Oh, I wanna be Where the hot dogs are deep fried That's the reason Elvis died Tennessee Andrew Snively, who you've heard us talk about because uh, he was part of this fundraising effort from GoFundMe and then worked with Veterans United to get him to the Florida game, for which we are very sorry. But uh, Andrew's on the phone with us now to talk about that experience. Thanks for joining us, Andrew. 
Yeah, thanks for having me, guys, and thanks for getting me out to Columbia. I really appreciate everything you and the listeners did. Yeah, so uh, I thought what we do here is just tell the listeners, because a lot of them donated to the cause, about exactly what, what happened, why, and, and your experience when you actually got down here. So from your perspective, tell us how this all started for you. Yeah, so uh, I, I'd seen a tweet you guys had sent out about how Veterans United was offering 2,000 tickets to the game, and I thought that was a pretty neat opportunity. And more just voicing my support for it by saying, hey, that's a really cool opportunity, But you know, and I would take it if I could, but you know, I've got some things coming up with Christmas and everything where I, I just can't make it. And uh, it couldn't have been more than 15 minutes or so I received a, a message from you guys in my inbox asking me how much it would take to get me home. And so did a little quick math, and we came up with a number, and I think it was two days or something like that where everything had been uh, raised by then, which was just amazing to me. You know, I'd, I'd seen it go up and you know, I thought it was just really cool that anybody would even think of doing that for me. So I uh, did that and uh, managed to book a flight out to Kansas City and I, I flew in Friday night before the game. It uh, worked out really well. It's my dad's birthday week. So we went out to dinner as a family and all that too. And so did that Saturday morning. I drove down with my, my good buddy, Kyle. He's a Mizzou graduate, uh, 2012, I believe. And uh, we ended up down there a little before nine, I want to say. Had a wonderful tailgate with the Veterans United folks. Had had some good breakfast there. And then afterwards, they were able to get me on the field for a while. So I got to watch pregame warmups. Uh, I got to get hit hit in the hip by a, a kick from Tucker McCann. So <laughs> I was, at least he's hit something this year. So. Yeah, it was an awful goalpost, uh, was it? Yeah, no, I was I was to the right, so it was wide right. Um, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. So did that and was able to meet incredible gentleman uh, Harvey. I was a 99 year old World War II veteran. He was on the field with me, so we exchanged stories. He had a lot cooler ones than I did, to be honest with you. <laughs> and then was able to go back and watch the game. And then afterwards, took a trip to CJ's, which was my buddy's favorite place when he was in college. And so we got grabbed some wings there. And I'm actually heading back to Salt Lake uh, here in about two hours. My uh, flight leaves around 4.30, so just been a wonderful trip. Been able to spend some time with family and, and also see Mizzou and, and uh, walk around campus a little bit. It's been a, a few years since I got back, so just a, a great trip, even though you know the game wasn't as great yeah. as uh, you, know, you would have liked, but... Uh, this year, that's kind of to be expected, I think. So. Yeah. And so for our listeners who maybe aren't active on Twitter or social media, we uh, started a GoFundMe account for Andrew to get here, and we set the target at $500. And like you said, within two days, we got to that amount, which enabled him to fly here, and then Veterans United provided the tickets. So uh, all around, pretty low-cost trip for a Tiger fan and a uh, serviceman to enjoy Military Appreciation Day at uh, Mizzou. And so we were thrilled to do it and it was cool to meet you and uh, you gave us some of these uh, you gave us a challenge coin from the Air Force or from your unit I guess specifically for those of, of uh, listeners who aren't familiar with what that is could you give us a little explanation of what that means and why it's important yeah so, so there's a couple different kinds of coins in the Air Force you have ones that are specific to uh, you know commanders or, or high ups in the Air Force so Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force will have one all of your commanders of the units and they're given for going above and beyond in your job or, or in something else that you've done that represents the Air Force well. And so we also have unit ones that we're able to, to grab every once in a while. And so I grabbed a few just because I, I felt like you guys went above and beyond for a service member like me, just getting me out there and, and all the all the fans getting me out there too. And uh, just being able to experience that wasn't something any I would have ever thought. Uh, and I don't think my family did either when I, I called my parents to make sure, you know, I'd have a use of a car if I got out here and all that. I think they were pretty pretty shocked that someone would would take the time to go and do that. So just those coins are, are a little 
reminder that you did something above and beyond for someone. And we'll put those on our Twitter account so people can see what we're talking about. But, uh, you know, from our end, we were, we thought it was really cool to get somebody out here who, uh, you know, wouldn't have been, wouldn't had the chance to do it otherwise. And especially for this game. And of course, Veterans United really started the ball rolling with their, with their ticket giveaway. And uh, I think, didn't you say that they followed you around a little bit with the camera crew too, kind of made a big deal out of it? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Audrey and Eric, uh, Veterans United, Followed me around most of the most of the morning. Got some shots. I think there's a video coming out soon. Uh, I know they were going to contact me at some point this week, uh, so I'll probably be up on on Twitter at some point. And then there was a, a graduate student from the Missouri Journalism uh, School uh, at Mizzou, and uh, she followed me around for a little bit, asked a few questions, and got some video of me, me coming into town. And so uh, I don't know what her plans exactly are for that. I think it's a school project with the opportunity for something more, but I don't I don't know exactly what's going on with that, but. If I ever get anything from that, I'll be sure to share it with you guys too. So cool. So you you've now seen the Tigers in person this year, so you are officially an expert on uh, how they're going to do on Saturday against Tennessee. Would you like to put you're, you're on the podcast now? Would you like to take your stab at being Caleb the Greek and and make your pick for Mizzou versus Tennessee this weekend? Yeah, you know, uh, if there was one team in the SEC, I was fairly confident about us beating it's Tennessee, despite the delusional fan base they have. They're the worst. So you know, I'm going to stick with it. I think I think they. They are probably playing for Coach Odom's job, or at least pretty close to it, the next couple of weeks, and I do think he's pretty well liked among the players. I think it'll kind of light a fire. Let's go with 27-14 Mizzou. All right, that'll be more output offensively than they've had for the last month, but I will take it. Yeah, no, I, I hope that's right. I'm not fully confident in it, but going with my heart more than my head on this one. I think. All right. Well, Aram and Andrew Snively, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for your service. And wanted to have you on so that uh, the listeners who did contribute to the cause could have a chance to hear from you and let you know that you, you made it in safely. You got to enjoy the game. You even got to have some time with your family. And I think it worked out all the way around. And it was great to have an opportunity to meet you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks for everyone that donated. Like, I truly appreciate it. And uh, it just meant the world to me. So thanks to everyone. Off we go into the wild blue. Well, there you have it, Colin. I think uh, Airman Snively thinks maybe we can win, but uh, Blake Topmeyer, not so sure. Well, I um, I agree with many of the sentiments of Mr. Topmeyer. Uh, I don't see how you can keep Mariota if he loses both of these games. I also can absolutely see that scenario where if he wins the last two games, how does Missouri get rid of a guy who's had three straight winning seasons? So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good perspective from a guy who knows Mizzou, but has also got a 20,000-foot view because he's now at Tennessee. Sure. What about your own thoughts? Do you, how do you think the game's going to go? I honestly, I worry that it might be a bit of a comedy of errors. Two teams that are a little bit undisciplined and not playing very good football. But honestly, I don't. I'm worried that Brute has those guys sort of paddling the same direction. I'm not saying he's going to be a success, but he seems like he's got them to paddle in the same direction. And uh, our kids seem like they're wearing helmets, bumping each other, drooling and rubbing shit on each other while trying to paddle. Yeah, and that's not ideal. No, it's not. It's not how you roll boats. 
<laughs> well, hey, one thing I wanted to mention to you before we got off here, Colin, was that obviously we played the Tennessee song we played every year. Uh, Mike Steele provided that for us a number of years ago. Pretty excited for next week because uh, he's got a new one he's going to unleash on us. We're going to have ourselves a brand new Arkansas song, fresh off the presses from Mike Steele and company. Love that, Mike Steele. Yeah, I, I love him too. I'm looking forward to hearing it. I'm sure it will be insulting to Arkansas, which that's the fastest way to my heart. All right, Colin, I guess until Saturday when we can tear our hair out and rip at our clothing and just gnash our teeth at another Tiger loss, uh, this will do it for a yeah. midweek show. Yeah, I'm, I'm nearly bald at this point. I've got a full head of hair. Yeah. Well, I'm starting on my chest hair. There's plenty to work with there. All right. Well, I'll let you have back the rest of your day and uh, M-I-Z. you. Garbage. Awful, disgusting, reprehensible fucking garbage.